0: Hello and welcome to the Journey Church podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Well, hey, Journey Church, Happy New Year. I hope you are enjoying the start to your 2023, and I'm so glad that you have chose to join us this Sunday morning Uh, for Journey at Home, uh, a short little service here uh, as we are not meeting in person until next week. You see, last year we just wrapped up uh, an eight-week series called Return to Me, which I hope for you was incredibly enriching. I hope it was revitalizing to your spiritual walk with God. And I hope it challenged you to Uh, really pay attention to take more accountability for your action and and to really bring your heart to the Lord every single day. I hope for your, your personal walk with God that it was enriching and it was powerful. But as we look forward to 2023, the question I want to ask you today is how does God intend for the church to also help you grow? When we look at Scripture, what does it look like for the church to aid in your spiritual growth? We'll take a minute and think about it currently. How does the church help you grow in your walk with God today? Does the worship me- music keep you pumped up through the week? Does uh, a message from the pastor give you something to thought about, uh, something to think about throughout your week? Uh, Does it it help you remember God? Because I think those are all good things in order to encourage your faith. But I want to take a look at Scripture and see what Scripture says about the role of the church, not only in our development and our walk with God, but in our world. and, And what role does the church play there? So we're going to start out the first mention of the church in the Bible, the first use of the word church that we have was spoken by Jesus in Matthew chapter 16. And since you're watching this video right now, the cool part is you can actually pause it and come back to it. So if you'd like to follow along, uh, grab your Bibles, we'll be in Matthew chapter 16. And we'll be reading from verses 15 to 19. And I'm reading out of the ESV version, uh, Bible, Uh, verse 15, it starts and it says, And he, meaning Jesus, said to them, But who do you say that I am? They were having this discussion about who the people thought Jesus at that time was. And he turns the question to his disciples and asks, Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then check out what he does here in verse 18. He says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be uh, bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed or let go in heaven. First, uh, in this passage, what an amazing moment for, for Peter. That Jesus is, is commissioning him and telling him that he'll be the cornerstone, the foundation of the very first church. That 2,000 years later, we would be interacting in church because of Peter being that, that cornerstone. But we also get some really great insight as to what the role of the church is doing here. See, look, look back at that verse uh, in 19, or I'm sorry, 18. He says, and I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. See, the gates of hell is a really interesting thing that Jesus is inserting into this, this conversation, this bit of encouragement for Peter here, because what does a gate do? See, I think about Old spooky houses that sometimes you see on haunted mansions or haunted mansions that you see on these, these spooky movies have these big gates across the front of the yard, right? They're trying to keep people from going in. But when we're referring to hell, it's not just to go in. Why would we want to be going into hell, right? So if you think of hell as just a destination that you go after you die, you kind of miss the point of what Jesus is talking about here. See, what he's saying is the church is the one that is going to be coming against the gates of hell. The gates are trying to not only keep us out as believers of God, of carriers of the light, but also trying to keep captives in. You see, if you think of hell as a destination, you miss the fact that right now there are, there are people living in hell. They're trapped in darkness. They're trapped in sin. They're trapped in disease and brokenness and pain. And there's a light that comes from Jesus that can aid in bringing peace and hope and renewal to their lives. These are captives, Jesus is saying, is in hell. And he's commissioning the church, us, to be the ones that will storm the gates of hell. And what I think is interesting too, what about verse 19? He goes on to say, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven or let go in heaven. See, that there's a lot going on in that, that that I don't even want to try and decipher exactly what Jesus meant. But what I hear here is authority. That I'm giving you, the church, authority on this spiritual realm to bind things and to let things go. And that what we do here in the physical will truly make a difference on the spiritual realm. There's an authority that Jesus is commissioning the church with here. But who actually has that authority? Who has this authority to come against the gates of hell itself? Is it myself as as a pastor that gets up on stage? Is it uh, the board of directors of a church? Is it the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association? Is it the Southern Baptist Convention? Is it a governing body of churches? Is it the Catholic Church? Who has this authority to actually come against this dark spiritual realm? Well, we actually have another passage uh, that speaks to this, again, to the the construct of the church this is going to be found in Ephesians chapter 4. And this is Paul writing a letter to the church of Ephesus, talking about the church, those the body of believers who follow Jesus. And he says here in Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 1, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Pause right there at the end of verse 5. So Paul is initially saying a main goal of the church is unity. You see, sometimes we think of the gospel from the story of the Jewish perspective, which was the God of the Jews being brought out to the world. But it was also a major lesson for those who were Jews in that time. So they were an obstinate, uh, uh, sometimes racist and ignorant people that that didn't quite open themselves up to the world. And they, they, they were very closed off. They were closed off in the way they ate and who they ate with and who they invited into their home. And so for the gospel of Jesus to go out to the world, this was God also saying, hey, the point of the church is that you're going to have people from all different nationalities, all different faith backgrounds, all different skin colors and sizes. And if you believe in Jesus, the church brings all of that together. See, today, what I hear is it doesn't matter your nationality or your legal immigration status, if you're a citizen or not. If you're gay or trans, or that the church can bring together in unity all people. See, that's what I hear Paul saying in this unity part here. But he continues on in verse 7. He says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to to his people. Verse 9, notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the same one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. See, there's that word captives again, where where Paul is saying that when he he left earth, when he left the, the plane that he was on doing ministry, he was leading captives. There, on a spiritual sense, we're seeing that there were people who were held, being held prisoner in a spiritual sense that he had freed. But then it goes on to say he gives gifts to his people. Now we're talking about the church. We're talking about how the church can grow us and who has this authority to come against hell itself. And in verse 11, Paul lands the plane. He said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers, so leaders. But in verse 12, he says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do, the, to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Wow. So Paul is literally saying here that the design of the church, the body of Christ, isn't for pastors and teachers and, and evangelists, the leaders of the church, to be the ones that are, that are uh, doing ministry, but rather that the leader's role is to equip everybody to do the work of ministry, that all of us as the body of Christ have access to these keys to the kingdom of heaven to bring forth truth and hope and freedom for those who are, who are captive by sin and darkness, shame and guilt. See, we are the ones who have the opportunity to bring light to others in this world. The goal of the church, what Paul is saying here is that God's design for the church is, is for the purpose of growing us all in spiritual maturity so that you can then turn to the people that God has placed in your life and help them see what God is doing in their life. And how Jesus' goal is to release them from the darkness. You see, it is a much larger idea than what we often see today. See, so I want you to think of an actual physical body. Can a body move on its own without the entire body going? Right? If, if I decided that I wanted to eat, could I eat and consume food without the muscle system and the skeletal system all working together to actually feed myself? And if something was wrong with my respiratory system and I was having trouble breathing, wouldn't that affect every part of my life and everything my body was trying to do? You see, the body works of one accord. It brings the rest up. If one part suffers, it all suffers. It is united and it is connected. It's much, much different than what we see the church today as. See, often today we see the church more in terms of a show. I go on Sunday, I receive a little, and I leave. And although that's not quite a bad thing, I think God delights when you come to church and you're receiving his word. I think there's something important to be seen in the design of the church, See, as we look at what the church's role is in growing our spiritual walk, in growing us individually, the goal is for us to do that in community together. The goal is for you and I to be growing to the same point of spiritual maturity that we can then collectively in turn share that good news, this good news of the gospel of Jesus with those in our community so that captives can be set free. So that darkness won't prevail over this earth. That the powers of hell and the gates of hell, whoever hell is trying to keep in, he's, it's certainly trying to keep the church out. And I have, I have news for you today. That role and that responsibility, God wants to fall on your shoulders He wants your growth as a believer to not just be for your own peace and benefit, but so that you can in turn help others grow in their faith so that they can be mature in faith and see the light that comes from walking with Jesus and can be led into freedom. You see, church, as we move into this 2023 year, I want to challenge you with this thought. What is God's design for you at our church. Because if you truly believe that Journey Queens is your home, God has a bigger role for you, not in quite in terms of how you can just serve, but just in who you are and who God designed you to be. He wants to use in a powerful way to change the lives and the spiritual hearts of those that he's placed in your life. So church, I hope as we move forward, into this new year, that you will allow God to challenge your heart in regards to your role at our church. Because it's, it's not just simply serving every now and then or attending on a Sunday. It's how do I grow my relationship with God? How do I do life in this body of believers with people from all different walks of life and beliefs? And how do we come together in the unity of Jesus and make this world a better place and help with Christ set the captives in this world free from the gates of hell? So I want to challenge you with that today. And I hope that your, your heart, as we move into this new year, is stirred a little bit. But also, I hope it's encouraged, because you don't do this walk alone, church. You have your family believers around you, and you have the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you. Would you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power that comes in your name, Father, for the the ability you have to set captives free from sin and darkness. Father, would you help grow our church into a maturity so that we could be a light in the community of Forest Hills and in Rego Park and in all of Queens. Would you give us the opportunity to be a light for those in our community? And would you help us to be unified as we look forward into 2023 and as we seek you for what our purpose of our church is in this community. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us today, Journey. And we are so excited to see you again next Sunday, January 8th, as we will be back meeting in person.